now. Scotland's talking. Call 0333-2020-401 and join the debate. Hello and a very good morning to you. I'm Ali Bally. Welcome to this week's edition of Scotland's Talkin'. Music and conversation to take us through till 12. Coming up on the programme this morning, should we be keeping booze out of the sight of kids? A report from the Scottish Children's Parliament says it's upsetting them. They were talking about seeing alcohol from when they open the fridge in the morning to get the, their breakfast, seeing it on TV, and um, being around adults drinking. Also between now and midday, five years after the independence referendum, how would you feel about going back to the ballot box? We'll be hearing from young activists on both sides. If someone thinks that leaving the EU, a 40-year union, is bad, then how could you even cope with leaving a 300-year-old union? The whole cultural, political, constitutional establishment in the United Kingdom has been ripped to shreds. What people voted for in 2014 it no longer exists. And what do you think of advice being given to tattoo parlours and beauty salons that they can't ask whether customers are HIV positive? Charities and medical experts say it's discrimination. One man's been telling his story. I felt like I did the first time I got told I was HIV positive. It's all coming up on Scotland's Talk End. If you'd like to join us, here's the telephone number 0333 2020 401. Uh, we've got two or three subjects we want to talk about, and we'll do a little later um, any other business. If there's something that you want to get on, you know, as I say, get it off your chest. Tell us about it. Here's how you can get in touch. 033 That's a telephone number. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you've got any thoughts at all uh, on, on the subjects that we're talking about. I'm going to start off with one today that you might not quite know that this existed. Should we be keeping alcohol out of sight? Because we're being told it's upsetting the kids. A report from, and here's the bit that you might not know exists, a report from Scotland's Children's Parliament says they think that booze is highly visible all day long and they want to see less of it on display in shops, on adverts and on TV. The age of these children in the Children's Parliament is between 9 and 11. So, they're telling us what they want. They're seeing far too much alcohol. That's what they're saying. Alcohol advertising is just about everywhere because whenever I'm in the car, I always see alcohol on billboards when I'm passing by. And You know, on the bus stop, so it's like adverts. Like, can they move? Like... Um, don't show them when children are awake, like when they're like in town, like going for a bus. Don't show them then. Just show them when it's just adults out. Children see adults with loads of alcohol in their trolley going to the till to buy it all. I see alcohol all the time when I go to the shops. When um, I go for snacks for school or for dinner, there's always a big aisle of alcohol. Alison Douglas is from Alcohol Focus Scotland, who helped them with it. Well, the children are telling us that they're seeing alcohol all day, every day, and it's, uh, it's affecting their well-being because they're feeling uh, worried, concerned about adults, uh, and they're feeling unsafe and ignored. Um, so, you know, what they're saying is they want alcohol to be less visible in their lives, and they've made some pretty specific recommendations about what we as adults um, can do about that. So it's, a, it's about us drinking less in front of them, but it's also about um, the government legislating to take alcohol advertising out of spaces where children are going to see it. So um, they're saying that they, they, they want less advertising and they want to see events uh, and sports free from sponsorship when they're going to be present. So what sort of things is it that they're noticing? I was really shocked at just how prevalent alcohol was during uh, these children's daily lives. So they were talking about seeing alcohol from when they open the fridge in the morning to get the, their breakfast, um, 
going traveling to school, you know, passing alcohol adverts, seeing it on TV, and um, being around adults drinking, being scared about going to the park um, because uh, people may be drinking there. So the the scale and extent of it, and the other really um, striking thing was children actually discussing specific brands. You know, these are children who are like between nine and eleven years old, and they're asking one another how to spell beer brands. Alison Douglas from the Alcohol Focus Scotland. Now, if you've never heard of the Children's Parliament, it's been around since 1996. It's described as Scotland's centre of excellence for children's participation and engagement. It goes on, through our rights-based creative practice, we provide younger children from diverse backgrounds across Scotland with opportunities to share their experiences, thoughts and feelings so that they can influence positive change in their lives at home, in school and in the community. They're between 9 and 11, for goodness sake. So do you agree with them? That we should let's let's hit this one first, right? Do you agree with them that we should be more discreet about alcohol? Do you feel a twinge of guilt when you're shopping with kids and browsing in the booze aisle? If your kids got up this morning, or your grandkids, or your any, you know, nieces, nephews, and they opened the fridge to get some milk, was the first thing they seen a bottle of booze? That's what they're talking about. Do you not, or do you try not to drink in front of the children? Or is this whole thing just an overreaction by some children who are given a place in Scotland's Children's Parliament? What's your thoughts? O treble three twenty twenty four o one. We heard what they see. They see it in the fridge. They see it when they're going shopping. But... Is the same not the case from years ago? You know, it's not something new, is it? I suppose the availability of alcohol has has crept up on us over the last 10, 15 years, maybe. I mean, I, I, I think my mother and father used to hide it in the cupboard under the sink. <laughs> um, whereas now, it's there. That's what they're saying. It's there, and the kids that age know what it is. I could say the same about gambling and the amount of adverts and things that come on for gambling. Um, it's another one that should be tackled. Let's go to Joseph, who's uh, usually first, and he's in again. Good morning, Joseph. No, good morning, Alex. A thundery, good. showery morning. It is indeed. A bit in between. Yeah. A bit in between. It's not showery uh, yet at the moment, but, you know, we're Well, okay. it's, it's been pouring down here in the centre, you know, where I live. Right. You know. uh, well, we'll keep, we'll keep it for you. Uh, you're, you're at the other side. You're, you're at... The good side of it, the city. <laughs> right. So, what do you think of this then, Ali? There is too many shops. I'm just going to pick out Glasgow particular. Every corner, two or three shops. They're all selling booze non-stop, Ali. Advertising it right out there in the streets. You walk by them, big big play cards up in the windows. Get your three cans, your six cans for so and so. It's the kids see it every day, Ali. Twenty four hours a day, and these these. Uh, there's shows on a tailor at Coronation Street and East Enders, I'm being a typical. Did they drink and did they work? Did they seem to be in pubs all day and, a, and then they come home and have an argument? The first thing they do is open the fridge, lift a can out, Ali. I mean, that, that's the television is doing that, you know what I mean? They, they were actually exploring it more than anybody else, even the programmes, the American programmes and all. You see them have an argument, they open the fridge, they pull out a, a bottle or a, a can of a beer, you know what I mean? That, that's the thing. Does that solve the problem, Ali? And it only makes it worse. And kids see this, Ali, think, oh, if that's good, then I can take it to solve my problems. That's what it's there in front of them all the time, Ali, 24 hours a day. Do you think we have gone a bit too far and it's too easy now to get drink? Ali, it's too easy. And the kids, Ali, are getting, people going in, the kids are standing down a bit for the shops. You see them and they're asking people, going to yeah. get me so-and-so. That, that's, and a, that's teenagers, that's young teenagers. Uh, aye. Uh, but the point about it, Ali, is these people that shouldn't be getting it, they should be encouraging them, should, no, no, I'm not getting you. you know no, I'm mean? quite right. They, no, I, I agree with you on that. But it seems to be that's what you see them, Ali, and you wonder how they're, they're running about the city causing hay men, they're drinking that strong cider with the, 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 the wine that they drink, the buckfast stuff, and they mix that together, Ali, and they go off their heads. You know what I mean? So if primary it's, school kids age 9 to 11 um, who are part of this children's parliament 
recognise that we have a problem. Yes. Why Why can't our councillors who are running the licensing boards, why don't they recognise it? Why don't they start to not just penalise the small shopkeepers, but the supermarkets, etc.? You know, um, I, I noticed in, in Dundee this week that um, uh, an independent grocer-type shop opened up and he's been trying to get a licence. Now, right or wrongly, you know, I, I, I don't know whether you know we're over-provisioned or not, uh, but he was turned down. He's been turned down several times. So he, he was mm. in again trying to do this in this new shop he opened. Um, and yet large supermarkets are being built and part of it is being, well, we must have a licence. When, when are the councils going to say no to the large supermarkets? Well, see, that's it. that's that's for the, they, they get them into, they get them into these big supermarkets, Ali, to, to spend their monies. We get them cheap, cheap booze. So that is a far long thing that's been going for years with supermarkets. Get them in, buy the booze, and spend the money and invest other stuff. That's it. They put the booze at the bottom of the ladder, cheap, and then it works up the way to spend their money, Ali. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you 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 know it yourself. Someone get there, you can see where's the food? Oh, she creates her bottles of booze everywhere on her tray, on her, her trolley. You know what I mean? A lot of people, you know what I mean. Well, if it's been offered, if it's been offered at a price and you want it anyway, whether you're having a, a aye, bar- you know, not... if you're going out to buy for a barbecue and you load it oh, in aye. your trolley, then you know, aye, have I'm you got no, people like you standing at the door saying, "Oh, he's got a problem." Oh no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not meaning that way, Ali. I'm saying, but the point about it is the kids see it more openly now when they do that. They're going to, you know, and they're bringing it back home. The kids, it's more for for the supermarket to the house now. The kids see it all the time. You know what I mean? And that's where the kids see it, see the problem. Is they're more than far I'll take another drink. I'll take another mm. drink. You know what well, I mean? Well, that's what these um, these children from the Children's Parliament are saying. That's what's come out of this report from them. They're between age 9 and 11. They are teenagers of the future, are adults of the future, and they're saying at the moment that they're seeing it everywhere and it's accessible all the time. Well, As I'm saying, drink yeah. doesn't solve the problem, Ali. And I, 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 if you're in the house with kids and all that, the drink doesn't solve the problem, Ali. You've got to wake up to the real world. You've got to solve the problem, not through drink. Drink makes it worse, you know. OK, Joseph, thank you very much. Let's go to Fred. Fred, good morning. Good morning, Ali. <clears throat> Ali, what a nonsense we speak in this programme sometimes about people and alcohol. I remember back, and I'm 72 years old, I remember back... When my parents went to bed after Hogmanay, I was downstairs at a very young age tasting the dregs of beer, etc., etc. So this goes back a long time. What the problem I feel is, Ali, as you know, I've got an apartment over in Tenerife and I'm there six months of the year. Ali, I see kids, babies in prams, uh, whatever, their parents probably well on... uh, 12 o'clock at night, 1 o'clock in the morning, and you might have two or three other kids in the family who are sleeping on tables or couches, and, you know, you see this all the time. Not taken into forgetting that the government themselves, in the older days, you couldn't get a pub licence unless you provided a car park. Then they turn around and say you can't drink and drive. Now, also, it's the, the, the... the fathers who have said, right, we must allow children of 14 into pubs with their parents, etc., etc. Now, at 14 years old, Ali, please, this is an experimental age area where children are watching and they'll try anything they see their parents doing, whether it's through a shop window, being in a pub, hanging out of a pram, not really understanding what's going on. And then they make all these lovely excuses and stories. A lot of it's just nonsense, Ali. This will always happen. But on saying that, you know, you're you're talking about it being, I think anyway, you're blaming the parents for this. Well, Ali, as I say, especially abroad, I see this all the time. But people are, you're you're talking about, yeah, but you're talking about people on holiday, aren't you? They go on holiday. And you're yes. saying that, you know, yeah, I, I, I probably have witnessed that myself. They take the kids over and the kids uh-huh. are left sitting in the pram at the side of a, a table or, or wherever. But we're talking, but about, not, we're, talking about, we're talking about here at the moment. These children between 9 and 11 are standing up and they're saying to adults, we're seeing too much of it everywhere we go. It's on television, it's on posters, 
some billboards, it's in the newspapers, it's everywhere. I that's, agree that's, with that, Ali. That's what they're saying. It's like all these children who are skipping school for climate change. Why not just say to these people, these young kids who are making all this shout about their future, well, the first thing we'll do is we'll take away your mobile phone and we'll stop that. Uh, we'll make that a beginning. I know what they're going to say. Uh, we, we, we seem to find that people seem to cause a lot of fuss without really digging into where the roots of the problems are because it's on television or because it's what? It's like a teenager. If you advertise a new phone, this is the latest phone. God, the, te- the teenagers after that, for sure. Mm. Well, the question I would ask all the kids who took the day uh-huh. off school for a climate change protest, would you have taken the day off school if, or would you have gone on the protest if it had been on a Saturday? Correct, Ali. Thank you very much indeed. Scotland's Talking, the podcast. Uh, here's one from Phil. He says, uh, keeping alcohol from children will be mission impossible. It's here, there and everywhere. Pubs, off licences, supermarkets, restaurants. Instead of brushing it under the carpet, kids should be taught about alcohol and its dangers at an early age. If this was implemented, there would be far fewer alcoholics roaming our st- city streets. I'm not so sure about that. It hasn't worked for drugs. Uh, Chris, hello. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Well, thank you. Good, good. Your point, please. Um, it's pretty much actually the same as um, the chat we just referenced to comment there. For me, I think the idea of completely removing it, banning it um, visually, all this kind of stuff, absolutely will not solve the problem. Um, I grew up, you know, I, what, I, what I should say is for the kids that are saying between those ages, 9 and 11, that it scares them, they're scared of seeing people drunk. I, when I was that age, I absolutely was petrified. I would go on trips down south with parents to Blackpool, London, wherever abroad, and I would witness this, and it just it was completely alien to me. Um, but personally, it didn't scar me for life. I was I was brought up um, being taught about alcohol. My parents would drink in front of me, and they would explain, you know, the dangers, the risks, and all this kind of stuff. And I just think that in the culture we seem to have nowadays, where Kids are being mollycoddled and, you know, everything's being hidden from them and they're being overprotected. What kind of relationship are kids who are 9 and 11 at the moment going to have with alcohol when they grow up? For me, it is all about education. And whether there's enough going on in schools or not, I don't know. But just completely banning it and removing it, where does the line stop? You know, we've already done it with cigarettes. I understand the arguments for that. But if we're then moving on to alcohol, you know, when it comes to the obesity crisis, of which I can relate because I myself am obese, is, you know, covering up chocolate bars and crisps and, you know, takeaways, all this kind of stuff. Are we going to ban kids of a certain age getting into takeaways and ordering specific types of food? To me, it's just ridiculous. Mm. You feel it's getting... I mean, what amazed me was about this was that the the kids that have come up with this research are aged between 9 and 11, um, and initially, I thought, for goodness' sake, you know, can they not just get on and you know get get yeah. on with their schooling and and come through life without? And I and I do worry about groups that sit children down of this age and say to them, "You're not telling me that uh, alcohol focused Scotland, who helped them with it, um, didn't guide them a certain way." You know, it's, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But I just think that children like this, who in that age group who um, are coming up with, we're seeing it when we open the fridge, we're seeing it on the way to um, to, yeah. to school. Well, that's always been the case. It has always been the case. And um, don't get me wrong, I mean, like I, I said earlier, this idea that, that, that the fact that the kids are saying that we're worried, I don't, I think, um, shouldn't be completely kind of just dismissed. Um, I think there is definitely a logic and truth in that. It's the ad completely experience the same sort of thing but merely just to you know ban it everywhere as you said there'll always be alcohol somewhere mm. for me the issue i've always had is you know in terms of the adult side of things is it going to be one day that with the laws that are there or the licensing laws that are there where um kids are you know allowed into pubs to a certain time you know before that before that certain time comes are adults going to feel sort of bad about just having one or two drinks so they're going to feel that they're being judged because, um, you know, kids are being brought in. And I just think that, it, to me, it's just ridiculous. It's all about education. 
and um, you know, not nearly as you said there from one of your um, commenters brushing it under the carpet because you've got to think later life. You know, for me, the only reason why I mean, I didn't really start drinking till I was about maybe nineteen or twenty. I never liked the stuff really, and um, you know, for me, that was all down to education. I know when you know to stop and to have days off, and I know the regulate the sort of the medical advice and all this kind of stuff. Brushing it under the carpet's not going to fix that. Okay, thank you very much indeed for your thoughts, Chris. Uh, if you have a thought on that, then that number again, 0333 2020 You can also use the text, which is 61054. Start your message with Ali. Email ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk. And if you're on Twitter, it's hashtag Scotland's Token. A text that comes in says, it's great that kids get the risks and dangers of alcohol um, shown to them, even if grown-ups don't. Sad too, though, that they're living through this. Okay? Uh, living through what, though? That's, I'm not quite sure what that means because I don't, you know, it's certainly, there's no doubt there is more alcohol around us in where we, the way we live today than it was, as I mentioned, I, I was just taking 10 years ago or even 15 years ago. There is absolutely no doubt about that. And it does seem that some councils throughout Scotland, are trying to take action on it or be seen to be taking action on it by restricting some of the small shops having licences. But I just can't see that you can say to a small shop who who puts their own money in, you know, who, who spends money and decides, a shopkeeper decides to open a shop, saying, no, you can't have a licence because we're not giving you one because there's too many around. And then a supermarket comes along and says, well, we'll build a supermarket in your city. It will create 150 jobs, but we must get a licence. And the council goes, aye, OK then. Is that right? Let me know what your thoughts are. So it's been five years since the Scottish independence referendum and some people think we're heading for another one in the not-too-distant future. How do you feel about that? The First Minister thinks any opposition in London would be washed away if the SNP wins the general election, which may or may not happen in the next couple of months. But an opinion poll commissioned by a pro-union campaign and carried out by Servation found less than a third of Scots would like another referendum in the next 18 months. An entirely unscientific poll on Twitter by our news team got the opposite result, with 72% in favour of a second vote. 18,000 people answered that question. So who's right? Gordon Lundy is from Young Scots for Independence and gave us his thoughts. The whole cultural, political, constitutional establishment in the United Kingdom has been ripped to shreds. What people voted for in 2014 it no longer exists. That version of the United Kingdom. Brexit is enough to make anyone fed up and clearly that is having an effect. Already in 2014, before this all happened, young people were overwhelmingly in favour of independence. You know, but the constitutional uproar and the absolute calamity of Brexit has made it quite clear to young people that Scotland's only real choice for a future is with independence. I'm young and of course I am impatient for change, absolutely. So I would like to see a referendum happen as soon as we can manage. The faster we get out of this broken Britain, you know, this country that is totally broken and is heading towards a future which I really don't want to countenance, the faster we get out of that, the better, absolutely. But chairman of the Scottish Young Conservatives, Michael Bowe, believes there's been little change in public appetite since 2014. I think it is very clear, based on polling over the years, that the people of Scotland consistently do not want a second independence referendum. And a referendum next year would be entirely inappropriate. So I don't think there is any appetite in Scotland for another independence referendum in the foreseeable future. I can understand that there'll be some concern at the moment about, around Brexit about what's going to happen and the uncertainty it causes. But ultimately, once Brexit's happened, and however it looks like, the case for the union will be strengthened because of Ultimately, at the end of the day, if someone thinks that leaving the EU, a 40-year union, is bad, then how could you even cope with leaving a 300-year-old union? So who's right? As I said earlier, who is right? Do you want another uh, referendum? What's your thoughts? I had one there saying, you know, that after all the years of the union, can you imagine trying to break it up just on the, the problems that we have on Brexit? What are your thoughts? Oh treble three twenty twenty four oh one. Is it something and, and you know, yes, if you are um politically swayed one way or the other, come on and tell us why. 
If not, you know, if you if you're for yes, I want independence, then that's fine. I don't mind one way or the other. I'd just like to know which way we're thinking here. There's two totally different, in a way, opinion polls and giving us different answers. So how on earth can anybody come up and say yes? The country as it is at the moment uh, definitely uh, wants independence. And if there was a general election, and in Scotland, if the majority of people voted for the SNP, would that really be a vote for independence? Or is it a vote for the SNP being the best that is available to run Scotland? doesn't necessarily mean that they want a referendum. Or they want independence. Maybe they should have both questions on the ballot paper in Scotland. Could be an idea there. What are your thoughts? Ways to get in touch again, here they are. 0333 You can text 61054, start your message with Ali. Email address is ali at thegreatesthits.co.uk and we're on Twitter, hashtag Scotland's Talking. So, once again... An opinion poll commissioned by a pro-union campaign and carried out by Servation found less than a third of Scots would like another referendum in the next 18 months. However, our totally unscientific poll on Twitter by our news team got the completely opposite results. 72% in favour of a second vote. In favour of a second vote, but not necessarily in favour of independence. But who knows which way that will go. We're just trying to, to gauge where you are on this one at the moment. Have you had it up to the back teeth with talking about referendums, etc., and going to the ballot box? As I say, we're, we're likely to have a, a general election in the next couple of months. But what will that tell us? Probably end up where we are at the moment. Whatever your thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. And also, in the next hour, we'll be talking about another subject, which is all about tattoo parlours and beauty salons. Now, they've boomed in Scotland over the last decade. But are you comfortable that they are being told not to ask customers whether they are HIV positive? Your thoughts on that and a couple of other things as well. Music and conversation to take us through to midday. This is Scotland's Talking... You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'. We've been talking about a couple of subjects. Should we be keeping alcohol out of children's sights? Because it's, we've been told it's upsetting the kids. A report from the Scotland's Children's Parliament says they think that booze is highly visible all day long and they want to see less of it in display in shops, adverts and on TV. And the members of the Children's Par- uh, Parliament who took part in this research are school kids aged between 9 and 11. And they were saying they want to see less advertising. They're waking up in the morning, they go into the fridge to get their milk out for their uh, cereals and there's booze in the fridge. They see it on the way to school with posters. It's on television. It's in supermarkets. It's everywhere. They're saying there's too much booze. So do you agree with them? Should we be more discreet about the way we throw alcohol around? Or indeed, uh, is it just another part of... Um, the nanny states, uh, a few people are saying that. For goodness sake, they're only between 9 and 11. Let them grow up. And what is this children's parliament, said someone to me. Well, there's a youth parliament, and then there's the big one, and then there's the children's one. Okay, that helps any. And we've also uh, been talking about that it's uh, five years since the Scottish independence referendum, and some people think we're heading for another one in the not-too-distant future, asking how you're feeling about that. Um, let me see, I've got a few coming in as well that says, here's one that says, in a poll, a poll by pro-union on this text, pro-union voters, one-third want another referendum. This speaks volumes. Pretty sure all non-pro-union voters want another referendum. I would definitely, says another one here, um, I would definitely vote for independence if another referendum were held. The shenanigans at Westminster over Brexit civil war within the two main UK political parties. Scotland was once an independent self-ruling country with its own monarch. We have our own parliament with its own legislation. Why can't Scotland stand on her own two feet? The worst thing that ever happened to Scotland was the 1707 Act of the Union. Thank you for that. There again, 
Here's another text that comes in from Margaret. Margaret Simpson says, No, we don't want another referendum. And no, I don't want independence. But yes, if there was a general election, I would vote for the SNP because I believe in the parties that we have at the moment, the SNP are best to look after Scotland's interests. Who else can we vote for? Labour's a joke? Really? Okay. That's your view. That's your view. It's all about opinions. Conservatives don't really have a leader at the moment. Well, they do. Jackson Carlo is leading them now. But I know what you're saying. And Margaret finishes by saying, and Joe Swinson, she is living on cloud cuckoo land. Well, at least she's come up with a policy. You know, I maybe don't agree with the way she's going about it, that she's going to be the next Prime Minister. She's not lacking in confidence, we have to say that. But at least she's coming up with a, a, a policy. If you vote for Lib Dem, if there is a general election, you are voting for a party that will, the day they take power, according to her, they will come out, They will, sorry, they will cancel Brexit. So they'll stay in Brexit. So you know what you're voting for. But Margaret thinks she's living in cloud cuckoo land. Uh, John, hello. Good morning, Ali. How are you? <laughs> I'm not going to ask you how you voted. But Ali, I spoke to Mr. Wishart yesterday and he said to me, I saw you waving the Union flag and the courier. I said, that's right. She said, you used to be with us. But I thought, I, am with, no, my, I, I love Scotland. And I'd love to have Scotland a proper government with a proper group to run it. But I'm not happy with this referendum because suppose we get a referendum and the, the Scottish National Party go on the road and we, we keep in the, the Egypt, we keep in the, the Europe and they end up like Ireland. Ireland's got a, a border between one and the other and we've got two different currencies and it's, it's, it's totally confused. I, I want to stay out of Europe altogether. Right, so hang on, a minute, hang on a minute, John, because you've got me confused. Um, you 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 want to stay in Europe? No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't. I want to come out of Europe. You want to come out because, of Europe, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because suppose we get this referendum, and the SNP get the get to sort of want to stay in Europe. Right. So and if then, if if I, there was a, if the referendum you're talking about is the yeah, referendum right. for independence. Yeah, I'm not want independence because. If we get independence, I think there's something going to happen with us. We become stay in Europe, change our currency, and end up like Ireland. We are, we are border between the one and the other. There's a different agenda going on. I, I said that to Mr. Bush. Something's happening. The Scottish Nationalist Party, they're on some sort of different track. I want to get out of Europe, like everybody else, and get away from this. Five years we've been talking about this, going on. The people who voted to vote out. If the people who vote in were not happy, they have to accept the vote. It's simple, because if they got another vote again, and the, the vote's the same, what's going to happen? They're going to go on and on and on and voting. Just going on and on, Alice. So, so totally confused. at the end of you bending Pete Wishart's ear, <laughs> what was what was his happens. what was his response to what you were saying? <laughs> well, I don't. He said, he said I, you were with us. I said, well, I've changed my mind because I spoke to, well, I spoke to Mister Fraser, yeah, can the Tory guy, Murdo Fraser. Yeah, I do. I, I was talking to him because I know him as well because he he caught me out the last time we were in the party putting stickers all over the place and with my car. But again. They don't have a leader at the moment, but I would. Uh, I want a party for Scotland and Scotland, and not to stay in Europe, just Scotland. It's one. But I think the Scottish party. I don't think we can run on our own. We don't have the financial. But we don't have the financial to run the country. We don't. We can't run it at the moment. We run all the trouble with the hospitals and the schools and whatever. We just can't do it. I've no confidence in the Scottish National Party at the moment. Right. Okay, thank you very much indeed, John. John, who was SNP uh, and used to march for them and indeed go out handing leaflets, etc. He's changed his position because he doesn't really agree with the way that they're going at the moment. 
And I can look at that and say, yep, can see where he's coming from there. Morning, Ali. I support another Scottish referendum, says Robert. Five years ago, we were promised the wow and we got the evil. Britain is not working. More oil than ever coming from the North Sea, yet even more food banks. Thank you, Robert. It's all about opinions. That's what I'm asking. Just looking to see what you're thinking. Uh, So keep those uh, comments coming in. Archie. Have the Lib Dems forgot the damage they did to people on benefits? Archie, thank you for that. Just checking out some of your comments on Twitter regarding the uh, topics we've been talking about. Regarding the alcohol, Jana says, we are such an alcohol-driven culture that I think it's important to teach kids to drink sensibly. Thank you for that. Uh, Elle says, we see people indulging in unhealthy and destructive habits and routines, but alcohol is legal. It's about supporting young people to make safe choices. Thank you for that. And regarding Indiref, a couple of comments on Twitter, hashtag Scotland's talking. Uh, Derek says, no thanks, don't want another referendum. Kevin says, absolutely, bring it on. The UK is a busted flush. And Alison, thank you. She says, no thank you. Um, Peter on uh, Facebook here says, yes, I agree that alcohol should be treated the same as cigarettes whereby cigarettes are currently out of view. I see no issue doing the same as this with booze. Customer takes a printed card to the checkout and is given the amount as stated on that card. Job done. So keep the booze out of view, as they've brought in with cigarettes. Okay, interesting one. Thank you. Wendy, hello, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yourself, are you well today? Hi, well, I'm fine, thank you. Good, good. Your comment today, what subject are we on? Now, it's about this business about children looking at alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. When I was 11 and 12 years of age, I'm 75 now, every other weekend I used to go, I was raised in England, I used to go to a place called the Beer Off. I don't know if you've heard of that. Right, okay. And when I was an 11 and 12-year-old, Every other Sunday, I used to go there myself and I used to get my mum and my dad a bottle of stout. Nothing was thought about it. I think today that children have more to worry about than looking at alcohol. They're in, some are in abusive relationships. There's these beggars on the street that they see every day. Well, I think they should just get on with whatever they're doing and have a life. That's my opinion. But the comments that we were giving you uh, earlier on, Wendy, were comments from those children. You know, yes, it's, I, yes, I it's, know, I you know. know. So yes, you, I know. Do you think they should be um, told to just get on with their studies or get on with being yes, at school? Yeah. Yes, I mean, I mean nine and eleven-year-old, they're barely out of nappies, in my opinion. Wendy, here's a question. I wasn't going to ask it, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Should nine and eleven-year-olds be giving their opinions to a Scottish Parliament? No, no, they're not old enough. They're not old enough. They should be getting on with whatever they're doing. Playing some of them are nine-year-olds are still playing with dolls. Hmm. <laughs> I know when I know when I was nine-year-old, I was playing with dolls. I wasn't even out of short socks. Right. Uh, so <sighs> I just wonder if they're just you know. Schools no, pushing I... them on. It's it's like the climate change thing, you know. Yes. All yes. have all yes. taking the day off school yesterday. Yes. Yes. How much yes. of that is pushed yes. forward with over eager teachers? Exactly, exactly. When I, oh, I mean, as I say, I'm I'm older now, but I've seen a lot of changes in my life, and sometimes they're not for the better. Mm-hmm. Really, I I think so. I was brought up in a loving environment. Uh, my mum and dad had an occasional drink. And I never thought a thing about it. My mum and dad smoked. I don't. Uh, I don't smoke myself. I've never had a cigarette in my mouth. But I wasn't influenced by my parents. I had my own opinions, and that's what's wrong today. I think they're too much influenced by teachers, parents, a uh, government, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? But who who is there to guide them if not teachers oh, and parents? Yes, ex- exactly. Well, they should be guided by their parents. But, I mean, as I say, there are things worse than opening the fridge and looking at some booze. 
that some of the children could live in an abusive relationships, uh, different things to, to, to drink and smoke in any way. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Okay, Wendy, that's what the programme's all about. It's what you think. Thank you very much yes. indeed for joining us. Thank you. Not a problem. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. So what do you think? 033-2020-401 is the number to join us. As always, John's in the taxi on a Sunday morning. We'll go to him in a second. Let's say hello and good morning to Joanne, first of all. Hi, Joanne. Good morning. Good morning. And what's your comment about? Independence. Okay. What do you want to tell me? It's just that I think we should have our referendum... Because I'm fed up personally with Westminster dictating to me what I can do, what I can't do. That's my comment. Okay. In what way do they dictate to you? What is it that they're dictating to you that you don't like? Well, basically, it's benefits. Right. I mean, I've had my money cut. I'm um, I'm disabled, mm-hmm. and I've had my benefit cut. Right. And it's Westminster to me that's telling me that I can't get the same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Because the Scottish government is actually trying hard to reinstate things. And have you, you talk about your money being cut, um, Joanne, has it been cut substantially? Has it made a big difference to you? £40 a week. Wow. That's that's a fair chunk every month, isn't it? Well, my husband's on pension as well. He's seen the cut some of his money too. Right. He used to get carers allowance for me, and they stopped that. And what is it? What difference has it made to the way you live? Well, I've just got to be more careful the way I spend my money mm-hmm. and go out to places. So, do you understand why there's been a big increase in the use of food banks then? Yes. So it's Westminster that is causing you the problems. Yes, um, and, and you would like to see. It's sorted out by the Scottish Government. Yes, so, definitely. So from what you're saying, you would be voting for independence? Yes, I would. OK, Joanne, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for that. Um, let's go to John now, because he, he might have a passenger in the car and I might be stopping them making money. <laughs> John, no, how... No, no, no. How are you, Alex? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. What are you going to tell yeah, us today, yeah. then? Well, this comment or this, Thing the children have decided on that they see too much alcohol. The first point I would like to bring to your attention, and probably to the country's attention, whoever they really realise it is, when you go to Mass on a Sunday, one of the things the priest does is drinks a glass of wine in the service. When friendships talk about you pour a glass of wine to seal the joint, break bread, have a glass of wine, that's the way you make peace. But all of a sudden, these are 90, 11 year olds who should be out playing football in the street and other things and shouldn't have a care in the world have decided that the world's that bad that they need to cover up alcohol. Now, let's look at the government and their answer here, the same as we everything else. The country's obese. Oh, we'll put a tax on sugar. That, that'll sort it. It never went to help the people who were obese. It went to the Chancellor. Oh, cigarettes. Oh, you know what well, they will put a tax on it. That's the answer for everything, Ali. Put a tax on it. Don't look for the problem. Now, maybe the problem and maybe the reason why people in Scotland have such a problem with alcohol is just like that woman saying that half of them are out working can't earn a living and can't earn enough to pay their bills and feed their family. So their only escape is a glass of cheap wine or a glass of cheap cider or a glass of cheap whatever. Maybe if we lived in a better world, Ali, people wouldn't be drinking as much mm. to escape what they're living in. So we have had alcohol brained into us from every direction. And I'll tell you, Ali, I've got a bar built at the back of my house. I've got two, two teenage sons who I allowed up there who were freely to see drink and saw me drink and were taught about drink and when we were on holiday had a wee drink and a wee taste of it, educated in it. And strangely enough, Ali, the people I know who were hidden for drink, oh, that will not happen in this house, that will not be there, that will not end up having a problem with drink. 
So, so when you, so when your kids were aged between nine and eleven, and they came to you and said, "Dad, you've got this bar here, and when we open the fridge in the morning, we see some drink, and we watch television, we see some drink. You're showing too much of it. Hide it." What would you say to them aged nine and eleven? Away back and play with your computer. But my boys never ever said that to me, Ali, because they knew the score about drink from an early age. They were given a glass of wine when we were on holiday with their meal. Even in the house, they were given a glass of wine. They were taught about alcohol. Mm. They were shown it, shown about alcohol, Ali. Look, son, that's the state you don't get into. They weren't had away from you. Hiding away from you is not the problem. Everybody seems to think if you've got a problem, the best way to deal with it is hide it. That's not the way. The best way to deal with it is take it head on and deal with the problem. Okay, John, thank you. As always, uh, your opinion is more than welcome. Um, And again, if you've just joined us, we've been talking about uh, the Children's Parliament, Scotland's Children's Parliament, say they think that booze is highly visible all day long and they want to see less of it on display in shops, on adverts and on TV. And if the people, uh, children who do part in their research are aged between 9 and 11, and the argument seems to coming through that should they be uh, talking about this at that age anyway? Your thoughts? Uh, here's another one that comes in here from Irene, and she says on the text, banning is getting out of control. Next, it'll be banning holiday advertising. Many can't afford holidays. Banning advertising to buy your own home. Some people can't afford to buy their own home. Ban food advertising because of obesity. Ban the latest fashion because many can't afford the latest fashions or technology. And that goes for alcohol. Where do you stop banning? It's getting ridiculous. People should use their common sense and take responsibility. Irene, thank you very much indeed for your comment. Keep them coming in. Here's the way you can get in touch. 033-2020-401. And now, on Scotland's Talkin', time for any other business. Uh, some weeks we get a chance and get time to put this in, and sometimes we don't, so here is your opportunity. If there's something out with what I've been talking about today that you want to get off your chest and on the radio, let's hear from you. O treble three twenty twenty four oh one. You can text a comment to six one oh five four. Start your message with Ali. Let me know what has been really annoying you this week. Okay? Anything has been annoying you, you want to just get it off your chest, let's hear about it. Any subject whatsoever. Any other business. That's what we call it. Let's go to Ian. Hi Ian, how are you doing? Good morning. I was listening to one of your callers going on about an independence referendum because of benefit cuts. Mm-hmm. The Scottish Government asked for devolved powers to run the benefits agency up here themselves. They were given the power, as they've been given many devolved powers, and they replied by saying they wouldn't be in a position to use it until, say, 2022-23. So we have the power already to run our own benefits agency. But are they, sorry, you know, I'm, I'm not totally up on it, so, you know, excuse me if I'm getting it wrong, but have they not already set up offices in Scotland and, and um, running part that of... I got, that I don't know. Yeah, they, they, well, I can say they have, because I know they, they've got, um, they, they've set up some benefit offices and, and they are, in fact, I remember before Jean Freeman became health Secretary, she was in charge of this, and she was in the program uh, a couple of times talking about getting the the whole benefit system moved to come under the Scottish government. So I I think part of it is done, but not all of it is done. It's like a, a halfway house at the moment. But why ask for devolved powers? You get them, and you're not in a position to use them. Mm. You know, not- at the end of the day, if anybody thinks that because we run our own benefit system that they will reinstate the money. Mm-hmm. That's very questionable, because uh, where's the funds coming from? That's right. I think that's part of the problem of getting the whole benefits shifted over to Scotland is, is the funding of it. Um, uh-huh, you know, but where, it's where like many go? devolved powers that they've asked for and been given, mm-hmm. and then found that uh, they're not ready for it. The money's got to come from somewhere, Ian. That's right. It is. And uh, whether it's run by Scotland or by England, 
there's more chances of them, the benefits getting cut than there will be of them getting increased. Ian, thank you very much indeed for making that point. Thank you. Uh, Jean, hello. Hello there. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Jean. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. What's your point then? My point is, yesterday my husband received a letter from the Department of Works and Pensions informing him as he's due to turn 80 years of age in a few days' time, his pension would increase by 25 pence per week. <laughs> now, I think uh. that is absolutely shocking. He's worked from 15 years of age to 74, and then he gave up work, and 25 pence wouldn't even buy you a postage stamp. I know. Is I it... think it's shocking. There are some times that you think to yourself, would they better would better not just saying, we're not giving you any increase at all? That's right. I feel that. I feel it's a slap in the face. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the money that it costs them to put that letter out to your exactly. husband for a start. Exactly. But I just had to phone and let you know how I felt. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I mean, the 25 pence is not going to make a huge difference, so you're not heading away to the Caribbean or anything on it, are you? No, no way. <laughs> no way. I was going to say it wouldn't even buy you a cup of coffee, but it wouldn't even buy you no. the milk for the coffee. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Dreadful. But I just had to put my point over, Ali. Jean, thank you very much indeed. Thanks for t- no lifting bother. the phone thank and giving you. us a call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. So there we are. There's 25 pence. You get to 80. And that's what you're getting is an increase in the pension. O treble three twenty twenty four oh one is the number. As I say, we're open for suggestions, and if you're coming in here, uh, I can see on the uh, the text as well suggestions of any other business, and we'll come to that in a moment. Scotland's talking the podcast. Okay, just looking at some of the comments that are coming in. Uh, one regarding any other business comes from Annie. Annie, thanks for getting in touch. Says my thoughts are with uh, anyone who has booked a holiday with Thomas Cook at the moment and all their staff as well who are in that situation that they don't know what's happening. Let's hope come midnight tonight there is a solution. And thank you very much for that. Uh, Here's one from Phil. He says, shocked to read uh, this week that in Dundee, Tesco Murraygate is closing in November to be taken over by a sportswear chain. It's a busy store and closing it is business suicide. Well, um, I think it's fair to say that it's not Tesco's decision to close it, it's the landlord who've kicked them out, basically. Um, and uh, the sportswear chain going in there. So, uh, certainly Tesco did not want to close that store right bang in the centre uh, of Dundee. Uh, but thanks for that. Any other business? Let's go to Bill and see what he wants to talk about. Bill, how are you? Oh, we're back to the independence win again. Excellent, right. What do you think? Which I'm not surprised about. I sympathise with the ladies when she's getting her, 20, her husband's getting 25 pence. Well, I'm an 85-year-old pensioner, so I know exactly how she feels. The time you get to 85, you must get 30 pence then, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, she can go to the pound shop once a month, you know, treat herself. That's yes. about it. Aye. No, when it comes to the independence, they want another referendum. Fair enough. I mean, I'm fed up with independence and referendums like everybody else. But what they don't tell you, which always amazes me, if they were independent tomorrow, they can't join the EU. They have a black hole of over 12 billion pounds, which is double what's actually allowed under EU rules. So all the promises they make about going to Europe, absolute nonsense. They also have to have their own national bank, and we don't have one. How long it would take to set one up? Banks are very, very difficult to set up, very complicated to run. And where would the money come from to fill it? Mm-hmm. No idea. You also require your own stable currency. There was a big kick up about that the last time. We couldn't make up our mind where we're going to keep the pound, right. yeah. where we're going to keep, I have to go for the euro, and nobody wanted the euro. So when are the SNP going to start telling people the truth? I get all my information with everyone else off of the radio, television, or any of the media. I can get, look on a laptop or a, a smartphone. And as far as I'm allowed to believe, they're not allowed to tell you lies. So if you go on your laptop 
or your tablet and you ask a question about the Scottish Parliament, they tell you the truth. Am I right or am I wrong? Well, Bill, that's your opinion, and that's what the programme is all about. Thank you. We'll leave whether you're right or wrong to other callers. Uh, still time to come in on the programme, 033 or text your comment to 61054. Start your message with Ali. Let's go to Rosemary. Hello, Rosemary. Hello, Ali. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. So, thanks uh, Thanks for calling. What do you want to talk about? This gardener assist scheme. My husband's no longer able to maintain it, so I went on the gardener assist scheme. Now, last year, they came and done the weed killing because I saw a block I've got once last year and they said they would pick all the weeds up, but that was a one-off. That's not gardening. And this year, they've not came at all. They said that they came on the 12th of August, which is rubbish because all the, the weeds are still green. They're not brown as they would have been if you'd have put the weed killing on them. They're actually up to my chin. They're that bad. Really? I couldn't even go up to hang out my washing all this year in case I tripped and fell because they're, they're right up. And I phoned them and phoned them and phoned them and they said they were coming on the 16th, the week, the 16th of September. Now they're saying now it's the 23rd. What, which area do you live in? Called the bank. Right, in OK. Because I, I think it's... it's I, I, do, I do have loads of sympathy with councillors and... Um, in different councils across Scotland because they had been squeezed. And no matter what they do, whether they put on a, a car parking charge or they, they say we can't provide this service any longer, they get hit from all sides and saying they should be doing this and they should be doing that. They just don't have the money to do it. And, and that is the problem. And, and it's affecting you. It's affecting the way that our streets look, our way our cities look. They don't look as tidy for visitors. They, you see weeds growing all over the place. I watched a weed-killing guy from the council come along in a, a little four-by-four along my street. <laughs> and this little um, thing that he's doing weed-killer along as if he was going along it, you know. And, right. And a week later, the, nothing, the weeds are still there. I don't think there was anything coming out of his little machine. But it made it well, look, he's sitting there in a white suit and this making look at his, his doing all, what a waste of time that was. But I it, thought when they said garden assistance, it meant that they would pull all the weeds but they said, no, they only do that as a one-off. And after that, they just throw stuff over them. Yeah, right. Well, as I say, they're just, they are being squeezed. And, and I don't know what the answer to it is because, you know, it's like, it was, it's not my fault. It's a big boy who ran away. We, you know, they're all blaming each other. We seem to pay, we seem to pay uh, Rosemary, we're, we're paying more taxes than we ever did before for different things. And yet, you know, we still can't get the services that we should be getting. The other thing I wanted to talk about was this about these benefit things. Now, what I've always said is, I don't know if anyone agrees with me, your National Health Service in this country is not free because while you're working, you're getting national insurance taken, deducted whether you like it or not from your wage. And that, that you're insuring yourself for the time when you can no longer work for whatever reason. And that goes into the DHS's bank. They hold it there. And then when there comes a time when you can't work for whatever reason, they give you back your money every week that you've paid in. So it's not free. I don't think anything's free, Rosemary. As I was saying, they've got to get the money somewhere. But thank you very much indeed for your call. Just have to cut it there because of, we are running out of time now. Uh, hello, Jean. Hi, Ali. What's your comment? Uh, it's about these kids. Now, Ali, I'm a recovering alcoholic. And I just feel everybody's down in these kids. Now, I was an abusive alcoholic. And uh, maybe some of these kids have been through the same thing. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's fair. We're downing them. Uh, people are downing them. Um, as we're telling kids to speak up. What, to speak up to get shot down again? But adults. When maybe some of these kids are asking for help. Right, I take your point, but you know, I think that they they are part of the children's parliament. So, and and the the alcohol focused Scotland group helped them with this. So, I think that yeah, I know, Ali. You know, but at the same time, maybe there is kids in there that is suffering by the hands of an alcoholic. Do you have kids? Yes. Are they suffering? My daughter suffered. I can assure you, my daughter suffered, and I'm not proud of that fact. No. no. Um, but I did something about it and I got help. I'm a long time sober now. Um, 
But it, it does, when, when I hear these kids, I, I just think, are they suffering through the hands of an alcoholic? Mm-hmm. And alcohol is freely gone. And um, I don't ever remember when I was growing up, um, I don't remember drinking in the house all the time. The only time I was drinking in the house was New Year. I never seen my mum or dad drinking really? in the house apart from New Year. Right. And for t- adults to come on the radio and say that they, they, they were learning their kids about alcohol and allowing them to drink at 13, 14 year old, I think that's. I don't think that's right either. Why? Why do you not think that's right, Jean? Because surely because, that's surely that's educating them. Yeah, maybe it is, Ali. But see, at the end of the day, would they like that kid? well, their child, to end up being an alcoholic and maybe like the taste of the alcohol. It's a subject that we could open up. It, and it, it could open a can of worms, could, Ali. It could. It, it could. But I just feel, let the kids have their say, and at the end of the day, they're entitled to it. OK, Jane, I'm going to have to stop you there. We're running out, we have run out of time, but I'm still going to take Paula. Hi, Paula. Hello, Ali. You've got the last word on the programme today. Hello. Yeah, I was wanting to chat a wee bit about the indirect two question. Okay. Yeah, I just feel that if anything, there's more of a case for an indirect two since the 2014 vote, due to the disregard and um, disrespect that Scotland's been shown since then, and the evidence that's come up about the lies that were made in the last referendum, um, like the vow promising us to stay in the EU and were dragged out against our our will. Um, uh, and in 2014, I voted yes, and that was mainly because of Trident. And I, I do believe that it doesn't matter what Scotland votes, we won't get what we asked for, which is evident in the EU vote as well. Right, Paula, I apologise. I'm going to have to stop you there because, as I say, we've run out of time. But that's the, the end of Scotland's talking. You're listening to Scotland's Talkin', the podcast. Join the conversation on Twitter at Scotland's Talkin'.